Yes, this is the moment you've waited for. Good evening, Disney fans. Uh, I am Matt. This is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. How are you doing tonight? Uh, got a lot to get to. Uh, got Peter hanging out on the other computer here. Uh, Going to patch him here in here in a second. Um, talk about his trip last week and some of the things that are going on from the travel side at Walt Disney World and Disneyland because we actually have some Disneyland news now, so it's pretty awesome. Um, past that, we've got a couple other things as far as an opening of a hotel, some discounts that are going on. So what I'm going to do is bring on Peter here and we are going to get going. Hey, Peter, how are you doing tonight? Oh, other than back in Indiana, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so really, um, you just got back from what? Seven days down at Disney? Eight days? Uh, yeah, eight days. We did seven days in the parks. Seven days in the parks. So tell us a little bit about um, kind of your experience. We, we talked last week, but just kind of take us through crowd levels and kind of how you changed um, your planning and your, your attack at Disney um, with everything that they've put in place for COVID. Yeah. Uh, boy, that's, you just asked a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> boy, I don't even know where to begin. Um, so, so, okay. So first of all, let's talk about ride lines. Um, if you look, if you're walking around the park, the ride lines are going to look daunting. They're just, they're Oh, they're enormous. Long. Yeah. yeah huge. Like you're talking seven dwarves was wrapped all the way down past Winnie the Pooh, all the way back around the end and all the way back towards like Ariel's grotto where that DVC pavilion is back there where where there's normally a little quick service stand that that has a slushy. Sometimes it's like the witch's brew. Uh -huh. So you're talking the line for Seven Dwarves is wrapped all the way back around to the beginning of Voyage um, of the Voyage of the Little Mermaid, the aerial ride. Um, I mean, the aerial ride itself. We're talking about that through aerial already has a massive queue, and it was all the way through all of its queuing. Uh huh down through Ariel's Grotto and all the way out towards Big Top Toys. Like, they're just these insanely long ride lines. But that's because there's eight to 10 feet between every single group and there's a stick around the ground that moves you forward. And you look at the posted ride time and the posted ride time says 40 minute wait. And it's just like it was before the exact same tips we would have given our people traveling with us or the people listening to this podcast. If a ride time says 40 minute wait, you're off the ride in 35. None of that ain't. So then we'll sit well, look at the wait times. But I was at Animal Kingdom and the worst, the worst flight of passage ever got was like 90 minutes. I've seen that at 240 for like years. Mm -hmm. Flight of passage would hold a 240 minute wait on a slow day in February on a Wednesday like it was it was fine and um the big difference where i saw it was in the midways okay because i so i was there on a magic kingdom on a friday was probably the busiest i felt out of all seven days that i was in the parks was was magic kingdom on friday um but even then we you know we kind of looked around we we're like wow it's a little bit busy it's a little you know the ride lines 
are all like 45, 50 minutes. Okay, so there's there's some pretty decent lines here. But then I walked through the gap between Peter Pan and Small World. Uh-huh. I didn't bump into a single person. Like I can't, I couldn't do that before. You know, like that's one of the worst walkways to even remotely try to walk through. And, uh, you know, most of the time I avoid it. I'm like, well, I can go around it if I go up the castle. Um, it was, it was really, it was really, um, surreal at times with just sort of like how much space you had and, um, being in those ride queues and having that, those big gaps was really nice. Cause you know, if anybody's been to Disney numerous times, you have been, you know, you have been dead legged by a stroller. You have been run into by a small child. You have, like, that's just, that's part of the, the beast um, is just that there's people everywhere. And there just, there just wasn't, there, there just weren't people everywhere. Yeah. Uh, which, which was pretty nice. Uh, it, it, it was really different because, I mean, I'm a big, I know that Disney Experience app inside and out. So, you know, I'll have my reservation worked around my fast pass times. And as soon as my third fast pass is scanned in, we're walking up the fast pass line with me searching for a fourth one and, and so on and so forth as the days go on. Um, so that aspect was weird, but it was also kind of like, uh, I guess, um, re- calming, relaxing, <laughs> just kind of. It's kind of like knowing, like, okay, I don't have to be here at 10.15 and then here at 11 o'clock and then over here at 11.55 so that I can, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, not- one, one thing that we thought about while we were there was once you got past, like, your meal times, because we did do still quite a few sit-down meals, at least one every day, sometimes two every day. Once you got past really thinking about your meal times, everything else was kind of on a whim. You had a plan going in. But it changes really fluidly throughout the day, depending on where you see crowds and, and that kind of thing. And it was a lot different than, like you said, getting on that third fast pass line and starting to pound the app to figure out where you were going next. Yeah, and that was um, we did the same thing. We had at least one sit down reservation every single day. And, you know, if it was a lunch, it was like get to the park, figure out where we were going to kind of snack and how many snacks we would need to survive to the lunch. You know, same with like the dinner. It was, you know, if it was a dinner, well, where is the quick service restaurant going to be and what time do we want to eat so that we can tide it over until dinner? Yeah. Uh, my favorite days are when my reservation was the breakfast where we could just go and enjoy a big breakfast and then go into the park. Because then it was completely on a whim. You go, oh, well, we're hungry. Well, how hungry are we? Okay, let me. That was the other nice thing. All of the quick service. Sorry, I said all. 80% of the quick service, you had to place a mobile order. Uh huh. And in order to get access into the location, you had to show that your mobile order was ready for pickup. Otherwise, you weren't allowed into the seating area, which was remarkable. Like being able to walk into Pinocchio Village House and just see 50 open tables to choose from because they weren't just, you know, how many times have you been to Disney and you go into the quick service restaurant and two thirds of the tables are just people there taking a three hour break and it's, you know, grandma just sitting there watching the youngest while the family's out waiting in line. 
Um, so that was really, really nice. Uh, another thing that was really neat that they had done is they had set up relaxation stations. So like Akershus, for example, in Epcot, uh-huh. it's closed right now. It's not accepting reservations, not serving meals. But they had the whole restaurant set up as a relaxation station. So you could grab food and drinks from the nearby uh, you know, nation pavilions and bring it over there and just go in, pick a table, sit down, take your mask off, relax, take the load off in the air conditioning. Uh, so that was a really, really cool, inventive way of, of sort of using their spaces that I was impressed by. So how was the mask compliance with other guests? I mean, of course, you and the kids were probably pretty good with the masks because you, you kind of understand it. But how were the other guests? I mean, did you run into a lot of, you know, masks down, past the nose, that kind of stuff? Or was it pretty good throughout your trip? It was It was pretty good. I would, if I had to, like, peg a number, I would say, like, one out of every 20 guests would try to like skirt by with extended nose exposure. Uh-huh. If I, if I, if I just had to kind of like peg a number based on what I noticed. Um, and, and then it, it was really funny because some cast members would, you know, were like gung ho, like, no, I am, I am getting on you about that mask. I even complimented some of them who were really on it um, about really making sure to get after the mask. And then in terms of like understanding the distancing, I would say the whole seven days that we were in the park under 10 times did I feel like the group behind us just couldn't understand that they were supposed to stay back on that sticker. So then I would sort of like do this passive aggressive thing where I had invented early on the sticker game. (laughs) So I would do this like as groups would like come past that sticker and only be like, you know, four or five feet behind us. They were still giving us space, but they weren't doing it right. Uh-huh. So I would very passive aggressively start playing the sticker game with my kids where I would go, okay, like out loud, like just like boisterously loud, go, okay, kids, next sticker, next sticker, next. <laughs> and then like the people behind us would sort of like all of a sudden start noticing the stickers and staying where they belonged. After, yeah. Yeah. After a couple of rounds of that. <laughs> Um, so as far as feeling safe on your trip, I mean, overall, did you feel safe? Did you feel like Disney was doing enough to keep people safe if they're going to go on a vacation to Disney world right now? So you're wearing a mask. Um, so that, you know, depending on your mask philosophy, uh, you're, you got to wear the mask the whole time. If you, if you can't get okay with the mask, then don't go. It's, it's that simple. If you're going to be one of the people that are going to try and, and bring it down or take it off and un, you know, or there were a couple of times, especially in Epcot where people were just like flat out walking without masks, even though like every 10 minutes, there's an announcement saying the one exception to the mask is if you are stationary and consuming food and beverage, like this is not a difficult rule to comprehend and follow. And to your previous question and this question combined, I would I would venture a guess that the people that can't understand and follow the mask rules are the casual Disney goers. The ones that are just kind of can go on a whim and just, yeah, whenever they want to. Yeah. Well, or, or just like have never been there before. Okay. Because I think that the, the pass holders and the, the regular attenders like you and I that try to go, 
you know, at least once, if not multiple times a year, we're going down there thinking, how am I going to do this right so that I don't ruin it? Whereas they might be sitting there like going, oh, well, I went to Universal for two days and now I'm at Magic Kingdom today. I would say that like out of all of the parks, the one that felt the most crowded and the one that maybe made me the most anxious was Magic Kingdom. And I think it's just because Magic Kingdom draws in all crowds. Yeah. Whereas the other three parks maybe draw in more specific crowds who are maybe a more Disney-versed and therefore more caring about doing things right to make sure that they don't ruin the magic for others. Okay. Whereas other people are just like, well, I went to Universal for two days. Now I'm at Magic Kingdom today on my five-day trip. I spent $110 to be here. I don't really give a crap. Like, Yeah, yeah. Type of, you know, nonchalant attitude. Okay. So great trip. Um, and we'll probably do a little bit more about it in the near future. It sounds like you ran into a couple of clients while you were down there as well, which was pretty cool. We actually picked up a, a, another uh, another follower, Becky Wells, who you ran into at Abracadabar. <laughs> right after I got off the podcast last week, I walked back in and she was wearing ears, custom ears that said most magical place on earth. And um, it, it was really funny because I had just earlier, like one of my pet peeves, and this is such a silly pet peeve and it like makes me out to be kind of a Disney snob, is when people are like on the phone, like I was, I had heard earlier that day, a lady was on the phone and she goes, well, I'm at Disneyland right now, so I'll have to do it when I return to work. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Disneyland <laughs> isn't even open, lady. Like, or they'll be like, I'm at the happiest place on earth. I'm like, no, you're at the most magical place on earth. The happiest place on earth is in Anaheim. Disneyland is in Anaheim. And so I saw her ears. I'm like, I'm so glad you're wearing those. I was just talking about how when people say this is the happiest place on earth, it makes my skin crawl because it's not the happiest place on earth. It's the most magical place on earth. And she and I just like got into this 15 minute conversation about like, I do a podcast. We do a podcast. We do a blog. We do. It was so, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really, really fun to just like, what are the odds? And I just, I happened to mention her ears and it led into this like big conversation. Uh, it was, yeah, it was really fun to meet her and, uh, and talk to her a little bit. Yeah. So let, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's keep you in travel agent mode now. So Disney announced that there's some big discounts at the beginning of next year, um, up to 30% or 35% for non-annual pass holders and up to 40% for annual pass holders. And what was the big surprise when they announced this? I mean, what really stuck out to you when they announced this discount? Uh, well, so 35% is awesome. Um, it's up to 35%. So I've been looking at some of the deals and the up to 35% is coming in at the deluxes and i would say that the values are more 20 15 20 ish yeah i'd say 20 25 percent which is still like nothing to sneeze at because normally it's like 10 20 you know 10 15 20 yeah so they're still rolling a little bit deeper discount um in my opinion they had raised the rates pretty noticeably heading into 2021 Uh uh-huh so i feel like with this discount the rates are kind of where 2019 and 2020 discounts were in terms of, like in terms of like what the room rate ends up being. Yeah. So, you know, you and I, 
you and I know that um, you and I are planning a trip, you and I, to go down and like just podcast and work on stuff like that. So I was just looking at some of these deals and discounts. Um, so like, you know, I'm seeing all stars for like 150. I'm seeing, you know, pop for like 175. I'm seeing Caribbean beach for like two, 210. That's where I could have gotten it on a deal in like 2019, 2020. So um, the, the bigger percentage is awesome because it's still getting me to the previous expenses, basically, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, and then those, those bigger deals like pass holder. I just, um, I looked up a pass holder rate for those same ones and yeah, it was crazy. Like you get a pop century. I'm like for 145 a night on a pass holder rate. Like <laughs> that's a good, that's a good yeah. deal. Yeah. On the Skyliner, decent pool. I mean, it's good location around the parks. So the one thing that really stuck out to me was it covered spring break, which you normally it don't see April 17th. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty long normally. And the fact that they released it now in October, they normally wouldn't release that until December. Correct. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and maybe in November they would release like January, February, March deals. And then spring break would normally show up in January, February. So it's, um, it's pretty. It, it's a pretty um, aggressive marketing campaign, I guess. Is how yeah. I would kind of do it. Just like let's get people here, let's get people um, booked, let's let's make them feel like they can come down here and get a good price, get a good deal. Uh, yeah, all all good things. So. Yeah, and the the other thing that they did was they expanded and extended that booking with confidence program. So the booking with confidence program was basically extending the time that you had to change or cancel your trip before your arrival. So normally it's 30 days. If you don't change or cancel by 30 days, you're kind of stuck with what you have, or you take a huge hit when you make that cancellation. Well, yeah, before, if you didn't pay 30 days out, your trip would cancel and your $200 deposit would forfeit. Um, You did have until 72 hours out before to cancel and still take that $200 hit. Um, a lot of times they would like move you around and rebook, you know, rebook uh-huh. you and, and do certain things. So Disney's always been very flexible, flexible yeah. and generous with their, with their clients. Um, but yeah, to, to what you were saying, you do not have to have your trip paid in full and you do not lose your $200 deposit up until the day of arrival. So you have all the way until the day of arrival to get your trip paid in full and basically commit to coming. Um, and that was extended through April 30th. So that's, that's some pretty big confidence as we head into the winter months and we're seeing, you know, there's, there's arguments as to like why we're seeing rises and what the rises mean. And, you know, there's rises in confirmed cases, but the mortality rates holding consistent, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on with COVID-19 and you can, lots of people can extrapolate data different ways. And, and I, you know, what support whatever our viewers feel and believe on this thought. You have to take care of your family in the best way that you, you feel you should. Exactly. Uh, but, but heading into winter and in all the way through spring break, like April 30th is end of spring break. It's, it is. It's end of spring break time. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing happening after April 30th are graduation trips in summer. You know, um, so the fact that they gave you all the way through winter and spring break to feel comfortable 
in your Disney vacation to even get to a week out knowing that I can say, hey, I, I got contact traced or I'm not comfortable or whatever to then say, hey, I'm backing out and there will be no Disney incurred penalties. Now, travel insurance, flights, um, anything else that like I can book you travel insurance, I can book you flights. If any of those things are booked in, they do not guarantee, they do not guarantee any airline cancellations. The travel insurance is forfeit when you cancel a vacation package with travel insurance. That's part of getting travel insurance is the yeah. fact that you're paying for insurance. You can't, you can't call your insurance company and be like, well, I didn't have a homeowner's claim last year. I'd like my insurance back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of things that were announced as far as dates. Um, All-Star Movies Resort is going to open on February the 9th of next year. Yeah. I really hope that it delays. Uh, I almost do too. I mean, that, that would be... <laughs> so, just so everybody knows, that's where Matt and I booked for this for this trip that we're taking down there. We're going to golf and we're going to get the parks and get a bunch of footage and stuff like that. I'm really jazzed for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But when I booked All-Star Movies, I was like, wait, it's only opening like three weeks before we're going. I really hope it delays because then guaranteed I'm going to at least Caribbean Beach or Coronado. Yeah. And it might even throw me somewhere nicer like Animal Kingdom Lodge because I'm booked in the Animal Kingdom area. So Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll play. I'll roll the dice on that one for sure. <laughs> and then um, Epcot International Festival of the Arts has been announced, and that's going to be January eighth through February twenty second. So we're just going to miss it. But um, that's a really neat festival that kind of highlights the cultural art of all of the nations in World Showcase. So it's it's a continuation of Epcot being this festival center now and giving that winter festival on the backside of christmas so you're hard pressed to go to epcot and not be there during a festival time though because i would almost bet you know what i'm willing i will stake it right now i would bet that the week we go or the week after we go will be the beginning of flower and garden yeah that, that's that's what i was thinking as well because it usually it's about a week turnover Right. And then they're they're into the next festival. So you know, I would almost think by like that following Friday that when we get there, that flower and garden starting or no later than like the weekend of March 5th, I would expect flower and garden to be. It is it is really hard to find Epcot, not in a festival, which is amazing because it makes Epcot such a unique park to where every time you go, it completely changes. Even this time. Yeah. They threw the food and wine. I could tell they threw the food and wine festival together very quickly because almost all of the menu items were repeats from last year. Going going to food and wine last year. Go, I've been to food and wine for the last three years. And last year was way different than twenty um, in 2018. But 2020's food and wine was basically 2019. They just condensed it, brought back less like less is more is the approach they brought back less but they brought back like the big ticket crowd favorite yeah um, it was it was still like an enjoyable super enjoyable don't hear this a knock i really like what flavors of fire did flavors of fire is a booth that started last year in 2019 and um is is like sponsored by espn 
And this year, this was a new thing. This year they have a rolling menu where whatever team plays the Monday night ESPN Monday night football game, they have an inspired menu based on those two cities for the following week until nice. the next Monday night football. Yeah, game. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty cool thing. But you know, outside of that though, food and wine was awesome, but it was. It was like, wait, I remember you from last year. Yeah. 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 So the last thing I'm going to talk to you about, Peter, um, Disney California Adventure, we got announced that they are going to be opening sometime in November. Um, but it's only going to be for shopping and restaurants on the, their main thoroughfare there in DCA. So yeah, um, they could also like do special event catering or something like that. Yeah. It, so so basically the laws that Newsom has out it, there right now. Yeah, it sounds like Disney's starting to flip the bird to Newsom and say, hey, we're going to figure out ways to open up and we're going to make you be the bad guy and shut us down. So yeah. it was funny because. I had, I, I may, I have said this on this podcast many times. I was supposed to go to California last week. <laughs> I am two grand into, I am two grand into Disneyland tickets that I'm just sitting on in my back pocket and I'm not too pleased about it. Like, and it was funny because my, my hotel calls me Friday before I'm supposed to be there Monday. I'm leaving for Disney world the next day and they go, Hey, we have to cancel your reservation. Our hotels still aren't open. I go, oh, I know. I, I was going to call you anyway and just talk to you because I rebooked everything for Disney World because Newsom's shuffling his feet on this. And she goes, oh, do not get me started. Apparently, there's a petition in California with like over a million signatures to like recall him as as governor and like force a special. I, I have no idea the legitimacy. This is just what. <laughs> <laughs> a lady at the hotel who lives in California told me, and I'm not even going to say the hotel's name to potentially get this lady in hot water. Like, but she said apparently there's like a petition moving around California right now to recall Newsom and force a special election in January if the recall passes the the legislative body to have a special governor election because he's not up for election this year in the general election. Correct. Correct. Like. I, I was just floored by hearing that. Like, that's how much, like, California businesses are like, we get there's a pandemic, but you have to let us do it right or at least have a shot at staying alive and staying in business. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Message. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy right now. So, Peter, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, we are going to be getting together this weekend to definitely work on getting back into the planning episodes. Um, we kind of took a hiatus from the planning episodes to um, get school started with COVID. There were a lot of things that kind of got in the way, <laughs> but and then I, I still feel comfortable with school and COVID. But yeah, but uh, we're going to get back together and start start working on those again. If you haven't seen um, the DPI family episodes, definitely go over on YouTube and check those out. That's been a good little bridge and we also have them as audio only on our anchor site so peter thanks a lot for coming on tonight and we will talk at you again um next week probably so that was it you don't want to talk about anything else what else do you have to talk about i don't know i don't have anything to talk about. okay what parts are we going to on which days no. well, okay 
We will talk about that after the episode. Let me close this up real quick. So you can catch up with us on the DPI podcast at DPI podcast on Facebook at Disney insights on Twitter. Um, easiest ways to get a hold of us. Definitely. We'll let you know when we're going live, when we're posting things. If you want to stay on top of what we're doing, find us there and follow us. Um, we had a few likes to the show tonight. Uh, Shannon, thank you for the like. Um, Mary Kay, thank you for the like. Becky, thank you for liking the page again. Um, really, the only two things I got to close with are, um, well, I guess just one thing now. Uh, People Mover refurbishment has been pushed back. And the opening date for the People Mover now is January the 9th of 2021. So if you were planning on going over Christmas and riding the People Mover, um, it's not going to happen now. So unfortunately, they've been pushing that back. It seems like they are having some issues with um, that refurb, whether it's the magnetic pool system or whatever. They're just they're having issues with it. So want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, we have a lot going on with Disney, with us, as far as the podcast goes, and with the family podcast. Definitely tune in on Thursday night as we are going to do a special costume edition with um, everybody in costumes, even me, so it it should be fun. Um, And we're going to talk about Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which didn't happen this year, but we went to last year and had had a ball with it. So definitely want to check that out with both Allie and Brayden on Thursday night over on the YouTube channel. So thank you all for joining us tonight. Y'all stay safe. um, And we will see you at the parks real soon. Good night, y'all. So I think Magnolia and Lake Buena Vista are the top two in my mind.